This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, Bellator Society. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Eddy, and Fran is on vacation having some much-deserved family fun. Um, So it's just me today, and I'm excited because I have a guest. I've been reading her book, Single and Catholic. It's super interesting. Our guest is Judy Keene, and she is actually an Arizona native. So I'm usually not talking to somebody in Arizona. This is probably the first time. We talk to people uh, Fran lives in Nashville, so usually our guests are all over the country. So this is the first time that there's two of us in the Phoenix area. Welcome to the podcast, Judy. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate being on the show. So y'all, Judy is a as an accomplished writer. She's an, obviously an author, a speaker. She recently moved back from Washington, D.C., where she served as a spokesperson and uh, PR um person for the USCCB, which is Catholic Talk for United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So she was out in Washington, D.C., where I also lived at one time in my life. So I think our paths just are kind of parallel here a little bit. Um, And so I'm thrilled to get to meet her today um, face-to-face. We're podcasting, so you're not seeing our face, but we see each other because we're doing this via Zoom. Um, Tell us about your book, Single and Catholic. Finding meaning in your state of life. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, yes. A single and Catholic Finding Meaning in Your State of Life was a, a book that I wrote through Sophia Institute Press um, yes. in 2016. So it, it seems like just yesterday, but actually it's hard to believe it was almost four years ago now. <laughs> um, but the book focuses on living our faith as Catholic singles in the culture of today. And when I wrote it, I really wanted to write it for the broad audience of Catholic singles um, throughout the world, really, uh, in the church. Um, Even in my own research for for the book, I was startled at some of the statistics of how many Catholic singles over the age of 18 uh, really comprise the church today. Um, and, yeah. and I've mainly focused my statistics on the United States, but I, upwards 38% of the church today in the United States, uh, according to the Center for Applied Research and the Apostolate, which is CARA out of Georgetown University, um, noted that 38% of the church are single. So that means over yeah. the age of 18, never married. If you add in those who are divorced and widowed, um, and separated into that number, it jumps up to 46% of the church. Wow. So I really wanted to speak to a broad audience. In other words, um, yes, 20-somethings who are searching for a spouse, but also those who have, who among us are 30, 40, or 50, or 60, you know, 70-somethings right. that are single. They might not have ever married, or they're finding now that they are widowed, and they are trying to live their faith as a Catholic single person. Absolutely. So- Correct me, because my understanding is that Sophia Institute came to you 
and asked you to write this book. So obviously there's a need. What, why, why do you think that they came? I mean, was there, was there, were there a lot of people calling, complaining that they, they didn't have any literature that they didn't really feel like they belonged or, or what, what was kind of going on there? Well, that's a great question. Um, I had written, so uh, Sophia Institute Press also runs Catholic Exchange website. So I had right. written a number of articles as a contributing writer, and some of those articles focused on being single. And they found that those had quite a, a broad reach. Um, and then they they really were looking, and they, they had some books you know, on dating and things like that, but they didn't have yeah. a, a sort of an overview broader book addressing being single in today's culture and society. Um, so, and, and really finding meaning in your state of life. Right. Uh, you know, what do you do as a single person when you don't have children, when you don't have a husband, you know, where, where's right. the meaning? And right. uh, they wanted me to focus specifically on this particular topic. And then the real irony is that just a week before I had gotten the call from the editor out of the blue, noting that my articles had really broad reach when they were about singles and they wanted me to write a book was that I had just personally broken off an engagement um, in in my own life. So I thought, well, God's timing is quite impeccable. You say, Lord, so. Lord, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, so a week of downtime, and then I want you to write a book about being single. And I thought, and and I I was given a deadline, and I was working full time. Um, so I was really, I, I knew for the better part of the next year, I was going to be really just basically working all day, coming home, interviewing people at night on the phone. So I did want to reach out to a, a, a broad range of Catholic singles of all ages. I wanted to reach out to bishops. I wanted to reach out to priests and vocation directors, uh, but really singles of all ages from all different backgrounds and situations. Um, so I, I spent a lot of my time in the evenings doing that and writing the book. So you write about a lot of myths and misunderstandings and you kind of sort of bust the myth really when, you know, throughout the book. So you, you identify the myth or the myth, I can't even talk, you identify <laughs> the myth or the misunderstanding. And then you, you kind of go back and you, you talk about why that's not really accurate. What, what was the most surprising, like what, which one stands out to you the most um, that, that maybe people don't understand or people may, um, like, what's the biggest myth of just the single life that you you learn through your research that people have about people, you know, people who are single? And and what do you have to say about that? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think one thing was definitely the statistics, which surprised me that there were so many Catholic singles in the church, and yet. Yeah. I, I do wish we we heard more from the pulpit about living the single lifestyle uh, in and living your faith, you know, because as a single person, we, we are presented with a, a lot of uh, and everybody is really, but presented with a lot of um, temptations, let's say, in our society or you you should, you know, you should be living this way and not that way. And right. we're living in a culture that calls us to live very counterculture to our faith. Okay. Um, and we we therefore yeah. need to be countercultural. But I think a myth is that um, that sing because you're single, you have a lot of time on your hands. And, um, and, and two, I think just, um, you know, when we are single, we don't have it. You know, we are doing it all on our own. You know, I, I put together uh, this weekend, a, a, a five tier bookshelf by myself, which clearly <laughs> said it was going to, you know, it was a two person lift. It was a two person job. And I, as a single woman, didn't right. have that option. So I put it together myself, you know, I mean, it's, but, but 
because of things like that, you know, or we, we do our own grocery shopping, you know, we don't have anybody else that we can say, oh, honey, can you pick up this on the way home or that? You know, so yeah. I think that's a myth is that people think, well, you're single, you must have plenty of time on your hands. And really, we are doing it all. We are it. Um, right. You know, unless you have family members, you can really rely on, but that that's not real likely. Um, so I think that's it. I also think a myth is, um, you know, that when you're of a certain age, you, you know, it, that a myth is assuming that because you're not married, you don't want to be married if you're a certain right. age. And that right. is not, that's another myth buster that I would like to talk about in that um, maybe you always wanted to get married, but it didn't happen. So you're, you're not married by circumstance. Nevertheless, this book is designed to support individuals who may have wanted to have been married, but it didn't happen for one reason right. or another. Right. Um, and it, it, provides them with the tools and the encouragement um, and I feel the guidance on some level to live their lives fully nevertheless. In other words, if something doesn't work out for you that you wanted in life, um, there, God wants you in this state for a reason right now. That could change right. in the future. But what can you do as a single Catholic now for in your community, in your church community, in your prayer life? You know, how can you make a difference as a single person? And we are v vitally needed in the church today. Absolutely. Vitally needed. We're all needed, but yeah, I mean, so, yes. so there's, there's no, there's no reason why you shouldn't be 100% involved and invested in, um, you know, doing your part as part of the body of Christ. Um, right. I liked yeah. your myth. We are not complete until we are married. And you know, the mom, I have three daughters. Um, and so I, I appreciated myth number one, <laughs> because I, if my daughters desire marriage, I hope that the Lord sees fit to, you know, um, bring someone into their life that is going to be, you know, a good and holy man whose job is to love them and bring them closer to the Lord and help them get to heaven. But their life doesn't begin at marriage. <laughs> right. You know, there's a lot of time between now and, and walking down the aisle and, 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 you know, saying I do, and, and you're not a half a person or you're not less than, um, during that time. Um, she, my, my oldest is going to college and she wants to go to medical school and, you know, who knows she may marry young. I don't know. She's, she doesn't date a lot. You know, I don't, I think in this culture that we live in, there's, there's not a, a lot of dating. Like when I was in high school, you know, everybody always had a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you, you know, you went to prom with your boys, with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And now it's a lot of group of friends. And so I can see how people are getting married a little bit later and a little bit later. And goodness, I don't want her to be 30 and feel like she hasn't um, started, you know, her, her life yet. So I loved that, that you talked about, about this, you know, myth. And you even reference. Jerry Maguire and the, in the, the movie, if you're yeah. a little older, <laughs> you might remember Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. Is that how you say yeah, her last name? I think so. I think Zellweger. Uh-huh. And the yeah, famous line, um, they, you know, they're, they're not together, then they're together. And then at the end, you know, they break up and then they kind of, I'm going to give away spoiler alert. They kind of get back together at the end, but it's the very famous line of, he says, you complete me. And you said in the book, you know, a man doesn't complete you. And, and I would challenge that just a little bit, just having, you know, been married. I think we did become one. I, I would say that my husband and I did become one, but I wasn't incomplete before meeting him. 
You know what I mean? Uh, So I, but it really made me think. So I love that quote that you put in there because it, it got my, my wheels turning. Did you find that when you talked to people and you interviewed people that, that maybe they, that was, that was something that was discouraging to them that, um, you know, maybe you, you, cause I know we all, I think we all, um, can be victims of loneliness, even in a marriage, you know, even yes, with a big family, yes. you can still find yourself lonely. Um, so is that, was that something that you, you found when you were doing all these interviews with people? Yes. Uh, th- and those are all great points. Um, y- yes, there was loneliness. I, I, you know, I'll admit it. And there, and, and I get lonely sometimes. I, I think loneliness is part of the human condition. As you right. said, there is loneliness at times in marriage. I have girlfriends who are married and they've said that to me a few times and I'm, I'm here right. or gosh, I was able to sit and talk with my husband for an hour and a half <laughs> last night. And it was so wonderful. You know, yeah. and I'm thinking, gosh, I, I do that. You know, we talk with different, <laughs> different people all the time and don't think a thing of it, but, but so there are different circumstances, you know, right. weigh into our relationships. I, I read an article on the Duchess of Cambridge who was speaking with a group of women and, and she said she was lonely at times. I thought, oh gosh, this is the future queen of England. And she well, experiences loneliness from time to time, you know? Yeah. And you know, and, and, a totally off topic because I'm a, I'm a fan of the Royals. Um, she, I, I think I maybe saw the same interview and she said she had just had her baby and she was, that's why she's so big into mental health and, and, you know, helping with, you know, postpartum women and really all people that they're really big into mental health. I think for, you know, young kids to, you know, the elderly. Um, but she said, gosh, if I would have had a place like this where I could go and find community, yeah. um, yeah. you know, like you said, she's married to the future King. She's got a great life and she wasn't complaining, but sometimes life is lonely and sometimes life is hard, you know? Um, and like you said, marriage doesn't fix it. Money doesn't fix it. Right, a nanny right. doesn't fix it. Um, these are just part of the human condition. Um, but you, you had his myth number one. And so I really liked it and I thought, gosh, you must've had some, um, yeah, some there, interesting there is, conversations. There is loneliness. And I, and, I, and I just do think it's part of the human condition for everybody. I think priests might get lonely. Religious yeah. sisters might get lonely. You know, I, everybody does. It's, it's just not going to ever evade, you know, evade us in our lives. Um, but, and there are, there are times of loneliness, but I did want to emphasize for singles in particular that um, you are God's child. You, mm-hmm. it is so important to continue to develop yourself and say, well, I'll be happy when I get my degree. I'll be happy when I move out of my parents' house. I'll be happy when I'm engaged or married you know, I, I'll be happy when I have my first child. I mean, it, life is now. And that's the big right. thing I wanted to have people take away is we are living today. Tomorrow is guaranteed to no one. So live fully now and in, in the state and allow God to use you in your single state. Now it may change. You may meet a great guy or gal tomorrow. Right. Wonderful. And, and if that's God's plan for you, that will be realized. But in the meantime, learn your faith, know your faith, discover the beauty of the faith because all of this too, if you are hoping to plan to get married one day is going to make you a better spouse right. for your, your husband. And I do believe there is indeed complementarity in a union. And that is so beautiful. And that was so beautifully discussed in theology of the body by right. John Paul II. Um, so that, that, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's not, you know, but, but it's, it's that self 
development on a spiritual level and, and in other ways in your life that is so important that you can bring that into a marriage. Well, and what, um, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. What I, um, you know, what I got from, from the book as a married person reading it was, was really, we're all members of the same church. We are all part of the body of Christ. We're all created purposefully, intentionally, um, the Lord delights in each one of us. And no matter if you're married, if you're single, if you're a widow, if you're, you know, um, hope to be married, if you're discerning religious life, goodness, you are needed. You're needed in the church. Um, and, and so use your, use your gifts, use your desires and your passions and, and, and the Lord has a plan for you. And if, and if the plan is to, you know, meet the right person that, that you want to spend the rest of your life with, it's going to happen. And, but it's much more likely to happen while you're living your life and while you're following your passion and kind of getting involved. Now you talked about, uh, a singles ministry and how there's kind of a lack of singles ministries. Um, and you said, and I often thought this, even for a young married couple who didn't have kids yet, we weren't, um, for example, when we moved to Colorado, uh, we didn't have our children yet, but we were outside of the norm of their young adult ministry. When we lived in Little Rock, their young adult ministry was a little bit more generous. Like it went up to 40, <laughs> wow. but in Colorado, it was capped, you know, it, you know, in your low thirties and we, mm-hmm. we, um, didn't have our kids, did not have our children yet. We've adopted our children, um, from Eastern Europe. And so they were a little older. So it's like, now I have an 18 year old, but, um, you know, seven years ago. (laughs) Um, but I say that to say we felt a little bit lost because it's like, we don't have kids in school yet. So we're not getting involved there. We're not old enough to be in young adult ministry. So we're not involved there. We're way too young for the old timer stuff. Um, and so it's, so when you, I was reading that, I was like, yes, but then you say, go start a young adult you know, go start a singles ministry. And I kind of giggled because we always say in church ministry, if you have a good idea, you usually become the chairperson of that idea. But do you know, do you know anybody who's actually done this? (laughs) You know, that heeded your advice and just like started. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping that maybe someone out there who read my book might've said, (laughs) Hey, we don't have a single ministry. I might try to take that on myself. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. No, I, I actually, I don't know somebody that actually said, Hey, I read it in your book and I went and did it myself. Um, but the idea is, is to encourage individuals to do that. If you are in a parish that, you know, there, there's a number of singles, even if it's a small group that maybe right. you could meet over coffee after mass somewhere and just talk and support each other in, in as singles trying to live the faith. Um, I I would say having lived in Washington, D.C., there were a number of really great groups um, because there is such a high concentration of young people, 20s, 30s, (laughs) something, young, young professionals, you know, so there, there, I I found were some really good, robust groups there. But, you know, maybe it's approaching your, your, your parish priest and asking if he would hold, you know, a theology on tap or something like that, you know, once a month, um, but I think the ideas are there. And, and even if it's not, even if it's not starting a group, it's, it's, you know, seeking out those individuals who are in your similar circumstances. I'm grateful for my group of single Catholic friends who yeah. we, we support each other in, in our ways and, and kind of, you know, it's great 
to be able to speak to somebody that understands where you're coming from. And um, that that's so important is who you surround yourself with, is it, if it's family, if it's if it's friends, if it's, you know, um, people you're getting to know at church and right. maybe even looking at starting a group yourself. So when you were in Washington, DC, um, the single, um, ministry or single groups that you were involved in, were they, were they church related? Were, were they Catholic single church groups? Cause you know, I've, I've also learned that if you can get involved in a good ministry, you can replicate that, you know, it's, it's yeah. nice to kind of see how other people are doing it and try and package that up and, and take it to other parishes. We, yes. we were in a great young adult ministry in Arkansas and actually Fran and um, my co-host and co-founder of Bellator, she and her husband, they had an adult ministry, but they kind of, um, it wasn't flourishing really. And she and her husband had moved from an, from out of state and they, um, they, they kind of took charge, went to their, to the priest and, and it became a really, really big, robust, um, group. And it was men and women. It was married couples. Right. It was singles. So it was really all right. encompassing. We always so would nice, say, nice. why can't we do this and take it to another, take it to another parish, like package it up, kind of like yeah. life teen or, you know, yeah. there's these, everything starts somewhere, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, yes. so I would, I'd be interested if any of the organizations that you've been a part of, it'd be wonderful if, if we could figure out how to spread it. Because <laughs> we mean, all that need sounds, well, that sounds like such a great idea too, is, is having people who are married mixing with people who are single too, because that, you know, I mean, it's just nice to have that su support uh, right. and recognition from couples who are married that, Hey, you know, just want to get to know you and introduce, introduce yourself to a single person you may see at church. That really goes right. such a long way. There were, there were quite a few little marriages that came of, um, of this young adult ministry. And then, and like you said, there's still, I think to this day, a, a coffee or a, a barbecue every, every now and then where that's great. The goal, I, the yeah. goal is for, you know, Joe and Jane to cross paths, but I hope everybody else has fun, you know? So it is, it yeah. was fun. We, we did support each other in that way. Yeah. And, and there are, there are Catholic business professional groups out there. I, I was a member of a few of them in Washington, DC. Um, and I, I did find with some of the parish based group, it, it, it was younger people. So I felt yeah. like, you know, I went to one or two of those and I was like the oldest person. I, I felt like their mother. Um, but, but I, I, I know that there's a group I thought, and it was start it just kind of starting up when I was leaving to go to DC, which was almost four years ago now. Um, but it was a Catholic, uh, group here in Phoenix that was Catholic professionals group too. So I'm, I'm going to look into that now that I've kind of resettled back here, look awesome. into that and see how to get involved. And there's also something um, called the Tepeyac Institute, which is run out of the diocese, which is a gathering of Catholic business professionals that, um, meet, I believe it's, it's once a month or once every other week, but it's, it's getting together and learning, um, learning together more about your faith. Uh, yeah. And the issues and where the church stands on various issues and why. Uh, right. But I think through even through things like that, leader, it's a leadership development um, course awesome. that, that lasts the better part of a year, I believe. And I'm, I'm going to look into that. But that's right here in Phoenix called the Tepeyac Institute. Um, I have not even heard of this. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's kind of really neat. Um, and uh, 
it's, it's, it sounds like a great program and I'd like to get involved in that. But that's another great way to meet people, you know, right. right. to learn more about your fellow Catholics who are working professionals. Okay, I'm going to change the topic now and go to your chapter on chapter five, saints and singles. So I love um, the saints. I just think that, you know, the, the Catholic teaching and tradition and, and belief in the saints and that we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and, and our relationship with saints, I think is so beautiful. And I think it's such a rich part of our faith. And I love that you focused on saints and singles and kind of who, you know, which saints um, would be good for whatever your circumstances and, and, Tell me about your relationship with saints. Like, is that, is that something that you wrote about or is that something that you really, that is really special to you? No, it's very special to me. Um, I, I seek the intercession of the saints all the time. Um, <laughs> I recommend saints, you know, even to people who aren't even Catholic, I'm like, oh, you should pray to St. Joseph, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it's no, I mean, they are, they are individuals who, who, who experienced the same struggles we did in, in their lives. And I particularly admire, well, of course, uh, the Mary, the mother of God is, yeah. is my a number one. Right. Saint. But, um, St. Catherine of Siena, when I worked for the bishops conference, I had the opportunity to be in Rome for work for close to five weeks. And I went practically every other day to the church where her body, not her head, her head is in Siena. Her head is incorrupt. Um, went to where her body was in Rome at St. Maria Sopra Minerva Church. And wow. um, the, probably one of the most beautiful churches in Rome, uh, next to St. Peter's, of course. Um, and that's and saying a lot. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. It, it was stunning. I mean, it, it's a beautiful church. And you see her um, w- where she it lays. It be, um, and she's right under the altar. Um, and I, I would just go there and pray at night uh, in the silence and in the darkness of the church to her because, uh, you know, she she was a communicator. And that's what I do in my work professional life. Is it? But yeah. she was at, at the end of the day, you know, through her letters, which she received from God and her knowledge. She's one of only four female doctors of the church. Her knowledge had to be divinely infused. They were not right. educating women at that level. And it right. is it, it, it is you just read a little bit of what she's written and it is so deep and rich in the faith and her influence on the time. And you want to talk about, you know, women out there, they're saying women empowerment. I mean, you, we only need to look at the saints of the Catholic church and our lady to find empowered women that were doing amazing things for the church on behalf of God. Don't you um, love that? That is, way. that is such a, sorry, to, I'm sorry to interrupt no, that's you. Okay. Um, there is such a, a an idea out there in, in the secular world that the Christianity, specifically the Catholic Church, holds down women and anti-woman and all this stuff. And we're like, have do you know about our devotion to our Blessed Mother? Do you know about our devotion to some of these wonderful saints who we held up on such, you know, high, we have such high esteem up there? intellect and their knowledge and yes. their relationship with the Lord and, and the Lord saw fit to, to appear to them, to, to these women and give them messages and teach. I mean, like, it's just such those comments and that idea, I think is such comes from such a lack of knowledge of the yeah. church, of course. Um, but there, there are saints for just about everything yes. you can possibly imagine. And just as you were saying, St. Catherine of Siena is a patron saint for, 
and most patron saints have like several things, as you know, and mm-hmm, I'm preaching yes, fire yes. here, but there's several things that they they are maybe known for or that they are considered to be the patron saint for. But St. Catherine of Siena was, uh, you know, public relations, you know, her gift of knowledge and speaking and, and her writings. Um, but there's also saints who have been that were single, many, many saints that yes, were single, yes, who chose yeah. the single life, who chose a life of chastity. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. or who, you know, like St. Rita, I love St. Rita's story. Um, she's a saint of the impossible, but if you look at her story, she actually was married to a very mean man. Yeah, she yes. wanted to be single. <laughs> she desired this yeah. single life. Her parents wanted her to marry and she, being obedient, she did marry. And when he died, she was able to, you know, become a religious. Um, so there's just so many stories that I think I think the saints are such a treasure trove for us, no matter your state in life. But um, but there are specifics for for people who are single. So I love that chapter. Um, let's see what other, what other chapters am I? What was your favorite chapter? Oh gosh, you know I think all of them. I, the I I I my favorite part of the book was the the interviews that I had with with some of the individuals who are single who are living these amazing lives. I spoke with a woman who was a runner up in a national beauty pageant, um, who's just a lovely person and living a chaste life and, you know, um, teaches classes on chastity and just lives her faith beautifully. Part of an enormous family. I think, uh, I think she's part of a family with 16 kids, Um, which is beautiful uh, faith. And then also, you know, I, I just tried to interview a range of people. I interviewed a, a couple that was engaged. I interviewed a cattle rancher out of South Dakota who I think had really <laughs> practical advice. And then, um, and, and then he also comes from a very large family where the, you know, the bulk of the family runs the cattle ranch. Um, but just living their faith in in their in their vocations as as single people. So I, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed interviewing uh, some of the bishops that I was able to interview and their advice. Um, Bishop Robert Gruse, who actually became a priest later in life. Um, He was a corporate airline pilot first. He loved it, but he felt he had a calling um, to the priesthood and he followed that calling. Well, that led to him eventually becoming a bishop. Uh, Now I believe he's up in Saginaw, Michigan. He was former Bishop of South Dakota for a while. Um, Now I I think he's transferred over to Saginaw, Michigan as a bishop. Um, And and then also priest, you know, vocational directors, um, Father Donald Calloway, who you may know is kind of the the surfing priest, Um, but he's got a a tremendous story and and interviewing him, you know, Father Calloway, what is your advice for single people? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think women and men of all different ages, you know, up into their 60s and 70s to, to learn about their advice for being single, which is all woven and incorporated throughout the book. So that was one of my favorite parts of the books. Um, and, and also, I just think encouraging, being able to encourage fellow Catholics like myself yeah. um, to stay the, stay the course. It's a narrow road. Yeah. It's a rocky road. And also to talk about God's mercy. If you fall, if you, if you feel that, You've lived lived a life in the past and you can't change. I, I would say, and I pray this book encourages people to say, you can start a new fresh page in your life. God right. is merciful. Um, you know, learn about the divine divine mercy devotions um, where the, the greatest sins are, are forgiven 
of God's mercy and love. And I hope that that also came across in the book as well. Matt, you're talking about some of these different people that you interviewed and you, and you gave us some great examples. I love the example of the couple who met, I think the, the wife yes. was in her late sixties and, yeah. and always wanted to get married, but never met the person that she felt was, you know, from the Lord. And she was retired and was giving back because she had had a successful career. And, and I can imagine thinking, okay, I'm retired. You know, I'm I'm on kind of the end of my journey. Um, but her, her talk about a new chapter. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, she met a fellow volunteer who was a, a World War II vet at the time, uh, some num- number of years ago, uh, when I held this position, and she told me the story. And and um, I had placed him sort of near the gift shop where she worked. He was at an information desk. And apparently their paths crossed. Wait, so did you do this kind of on purpose? No, you know, I really didn't. I knew he was a <laughs> widow. I, I knew he was a, a widower, though. And I knew he was devastated. That's why he came in to volunteer. I saw that a lot. People coming into the hospital system to volunteer because they lost their spouse. They wanted right. to still have meaning in their life to do something. Right. And um, they came in and, and he was near her. And I'd see him chit-chatting every now and then when I walked by. And then, I mean, gosh, it wasn't even uh, that many months later where she came in and just like a, a, a young 20, you know, 27-year-old <laughs> just flashed her this, this little rock in front of my eyes, sparkly, you know. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, you didn't stop. And she said, <laughs> I did. I got, I am engaged. And she told me the gentleman's name. And I'm like, he's at the information desk, right? And yes, <laughs> and they got married and they went on a cruise for their honeymoon and they were just so devoted to one another. And I thought, you know what? It was a lesson to me. Right. I thought it's not, it's never too late. Right. God, you know, but, but she lived her life and she had a, a um, she loved her career as a school teacher. Yeah. And he had a lifelong military career and he was career military. And and they, you know, just happened this way that God brought them together. I think that is wonderful. That was such a good example of if you're if you're living the life, if you're walking the path that you, you know, believe the Lord has set before you, if you are using your gifts, if you are contributing to society, if you are doing the things you're passionate about, um, you never know how the Lord's going to surprise you and and introduce you to somebody that probably neither of them came to volunteer at the hospital yeah. thinking they were going to meet right. their spouse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, so it, we we don't know what God's plans are for us, and that's what's exciting is you know, and I think just every day placing yourself in God's will and saying, Lord, do with me what you will today, yeah. and then offer your day, offer your work, um, yeah. offer your sufferings, your joys your anxiety, your stress in this time of COVID, you know, um, <laughs> but, but, but offer that all to the Lord for, for ourselves, for our own sins, for the, the sins of others, for the souls in purgatory, which right. I'd love to write another book on the purgatory because I'm just reading, like I'm consuming so much information about purgatory right now. Um, Very and it's such a, it's such a, it's, it, it, not, not enough is spoken about purgatory in my opinion in the church today. Um, yeah. But but uh, we can offer everything we do each day, even if it's a mundane task, sweeping, sweeping the floors, cleaning the, the mirrors for the souls in purgatory to make a difference. So whether you're married, single, divorced, widowed, your life can have a tremendous impact on other souls. 
Yes. And you're in your, you're here for a reason. And so, absolutely. so, so live, live that call. So yes. are we going to get another book out of you soon? Or, or is that what I'm hearing? Are you working on something? Well, I'm, I, I would dearly love to start uh, once I get my feet wet here back in Arizona, a little bit more is a, is a, a novel that Ooh. is, has to do with, it's, there's going to be a, a weave, weaving theme throughout it regarding purgatory. Oh, that and, would be um, fabulous. And, that would be exactly. really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So just a, a work of fiction, but um, it would have to do with purgatory. So yeah, I, I have the idea in my head. I just need to start getting it on the computer screen in chapter form. Oh, well, good luck. Yes. I, pr- I pray that's spirit inspired and I can't wait to read that one. Thank so you. this book, again, it's from Sophia Institute Press. You can get their website is sophiainstitute.com, which we'll put in our show notes. But you can also get Great. it on Amazon, right? Yes, yes, okay. that's correct. On Amazon as well. Yes. Okay, Thank now you. I got to tell you, on our yes. podcast, if you've ever listened to us, Fran and I are friends in real life. And so we um, really met at our parish and started going on these walks together every morning. Yes. We lived, yes. we were neighbors and we would go for like an hour, hour and 20 minutes. Then we'd stand, we'd usually meet at her house or my house and we'd alternate. So we'd stand in whoever's driveway and keep talking. So we decided on this podcast, we'd have to have one last one last little bit, which is like the last thing you can say, and then you're done. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to give you a minute because I, I did not warn you, which is not very charitable of me. Um, so I'm going to, I will go. If you have a lot, if you don't have a last little bit, it's no big deal. Um, but if you have any last little thing on your heart that you want to share, uh, I'll give you just a second to do that. My sure. last little bit is going to be, I am excited to announce that we are coming up with some new merch that we are going to have in our shop just any day now. And what we wanted to do is have something fun for the dads and the dad to bees and the, the uncles and uh, the, you know, father figures in your life for Father's Day. And we have a, a line called Native Tongue, which is a saint. Saint inspired, but in their native language. So we mm-hmm. hear a lot of these quotes, like Padre Pio quotes, or but we hear them in English. Well, that's not really the tongue that they would have said these things mm-hmm. in. And so we, we've had a lot of fun putting uh, some of our favorite saint quotes into that particular saint's native language. And so our next um, native tongue product that we're going to be launching, we're doing two koozie type product. So one's just a kind of a, a beer koozie. It's not super expensive. It's, it's the flat ones, mm-hmm. but it says drink, you know, drink beer, not water, which was saying what St. Arnold said during like the plague <laughs> in, the, mm-hmm. in the, I don't know, 1400s, I believe when, when water literally was more dangerous to drink than beer. Yeah. So we thought that was a fun <laughs> quote. Um, and then we, which we also attribute beer making to monks during that plague because water was more dangerous to drink. And so the purification of the water when it became beer really was, was like your safe option. Mm-hmm. But now it's yes, just, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then we have a second product coming out and we've got a GK Chesterton Chesterton mm-hmm. quote on that one. And it's a, it's one of those hard insulated, you know, metal koozies, but you can put a can in it or it's got a lid and you can just put like, you know, an ice, drink or whatever, and it keeps it hot and cold. So that's going to be really fun. So please look for that on our website coming up. We're going to announce it, but we just wanted to tease it out a little bit today. Um, do you have anything? I would just say, I would like to end with a quote from St. Catherine of Siena. 
um, which I, I would like to say to singles and, and everybody out there too, everybody today who might be listening, whatever, no matter what your state of life is. And it is this, it is be who God meant for you to be and you will set the world on fire. I love that quote. That's yes. a great one. Amen. It's such a powerful quote. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope if you get this novel out, we're going to get you back. <laughs> Great. I, I hope so. I'd love to do that. I, I, yeah, it's been on my heart to do that. So I hope so. But I, I want to thank you so much for having me on your Thanks. show. And thank you to all the, all the listeners out there as well. Too. Thank you so much. Again, thank we'll you. have uh, the book and where you can find it in our show notes. So uh, go buy it and send it to somebody who maybe needs the encouragement. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.